Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strebel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. First, we read uh, a few verses from the first chapter of Daniel. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And he spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes. The first three verses of Daniel form the first great obstacle by liberals to the authenticity to the book of Daniel. In other words, the book of Daniel is uh, has been denied and rejected by more people by more religious people than any other one book. And uh, there hasn't been any objection to the book of Daniel that has been advanced since the days of Porphyry. Porphyry was a a man who uh, was an enemy to Christianity in the year 275 B.C. Uh, A.D. And uh, he advanced several objections. He wrote 15 volumes against Christianity. And volume 12 was devoted to attack on the book of Daniel, saying that the book of Daniel was written in 165 uh, B.C. 165 B.C. is a date you want to remember because that's the day of Antiochus Epiphanes, the Syrian, the man who came into Jerusalem and uh, defiled the temple, offered the swine, you know, upon uh, an altar, took the juice from the cookings and daubed it and sprinkled it and throwed it all over the temple. And, uh, of course, the Maccabees then came later and, of course, uh, cleansed the temple. And as this a result... Roman, huh? This man a Roman you tell me about now. No, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes? No, he's a Syrian. Syrian, okay. Yeah, he's a Syrian. He's clearly prophesied in the book of Daniel. Well, now, the liberals, see, say... <clears throat> now, here's what, here's, what, here's what they object to. They object to the book of Daniel because... They say uh, that they deny prophecy in the first place. That it's impossible for God, or, or God through any man, or God Himself, to predict the details that are so clearly revealed in the Book of Daniel. And of course, they uh, they try to <coughs> uh, destroy the veracity of the book. Now, in the first three verses, the first statement of the Book of Daniel. They deny some seven or eight points of history as recorded in the book of Daniel. But when it says that Nebuchadnezzar came against Jehoiakim, against Jerusalem in the third year of Jehoiakim, uh, they say that there's no such account, there's no such record of uh, Nebuchadnezzar coming to Jerusalem 
uh, when Jehoiakim, in the third year of Jehoiakim's reign. Well, now, if we go back to Second Kings, uh, chapter 24, and Chronicles 36, you'll find a historical account of Jehoiakim. Uh, Jehoiakim was a son of Josiah, the last good king of the southern kingdom of, of the tribe of Judah. Josiah reigned 31 years in uh, Jerusalem. And Daniel was born during his reign. In all probability, Daniel was four years old when uh, Josiah uh, was ordered the repairing of the temple. And when they started out to repair the temple, you know, they they found the book of the law. They found the law of Moses. The Pentateuch, in all probability, all of the Pentateuch together. And uh, so from that finding of that law, of course, the king and the, the priest, those who found it, well, they read it to the king. He was so impressed with it, he was already in the process of uh, a reformation. See, he, was, he uh, at the age of 16, he started uh, uh, having a, uh, making special efforts to restore, to bring back uh, the worship of, of God because Manasseh had brought in idols, see, and he had reigned for some uh, 50 years and, and of course, it was uh, a terrible uh, situation in, in Judah just like it had been in uh, the northern kingdom. So, uh, uh, so uh, Josiah ordered all of the idols chopped down all of the groves, because that was in the law. We found that in the law, you know, where it says, make no groves near the tabernacle, near the temple, place of worship. And so he had, he, he started clearing, clearing the woods. Well, Daniel, uh, now, now the reason I bring, bring this to your attention is the fact that when we read in Daniel, the first chapter, we get an idea, uh, we get his background. He's just a young man, some uh, not more than 20 years of age, but he was a man who uh, already possessed character, already possessed the gift of knowledge, wisdom from God. He was already, uh, uh, his, his abilities had was evident even to Nebuchadnezzar. And he had Ashpenaz, his chief of his unit, uh, to take him and select others that they had uh, captured, you know. And he was going to teach them the Chaldean language and teach them the Chaldean religion. And also government. He wanted to put him in high places. Now, that was done for uh, primarily two reasons. Uh, it, It was for his own good. Uh, in order to keep peace among the inhabitants, the, the, the uh, slaves, the people, the, the Jews, the ones that he had brought to Babylon. And uh, another was that every time that they'd see the nations round about Babylon would see Daniel, they'd recognize that, uh, look at the power of, of Nebuchadnezzar, the man that could capture a man like that, see. And of course, uh, uh, it was, 
to help it with benefit uh, Nebuchadnezzar. But before we get to that part, let's go back to Jehoiakim. It says now in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, over in Second uh, Kings 24, it says, In his days Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant. Three years, and he turned and rebelled against him. Now, there's several years involved in that uh, first verse there, to understand that verse. That's a complicated verse, yet uh, it, it, uh, it tells us that Nebuchadnezzar did come against Jehoiakim. But that, and that's the first uh, attack. Uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar came against Jerusalem three times. 606, uh, uh, 606 uh, B.C. and uh, 598 and 587. Alright? Uh, and 2 Kings tells us about those three times. Chronicles tells us about those three times. And each book, 2 Kings 24 and Chronicles 36, tells us that each time that uh, Nebuchadnezzar came against Jerusalem, he captured, he took away into Babylon those that he wanted, the select. The first time he only got a, a, a few, one many. He left Jerusalem intact. He left Jehoiakim, the king, still governing. Jehoiakim reigned 11 years. And he came, and, and Nebuchadnezzar, when he first came, came against Jehoiakim when, in Jehoiakim's third year. He had only been king three years when Nebuchadnezzar came the first time. All right? Uh, so, uh, the purpose of Nebuchadnezzar was, all he wanted was a tribute from the Jews. That's all Assyria had wanted. That's all Egypt had wanted. Uh, Palestine had for years, and especially the last 50 years of, of uh, the kingdom of Israel, that they were just nothing but... Uh, servants of Assyria. They did what they say. Or when Egypt would win, well, they did what Egypt said. And there was always a battle from one to the other. Then when Babylon became strong, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's father wanted to capture uh, all of Palestine in order to uh, be able to keep uh, Egypt from advancing up the Mediterranean Sea uh, to what a, a place called Carchemish. And it's in the Bible. This, the word Carchemish is a place where there was a, a, the ford in the Euphrates River. And they had a great uh, camp there. It was a, a fortified city. And uh, as far as you had to, uh, whoever controlled Assyria, or whoever controlled the gateway to Asia Minor had uh, uh, had to control Carchemish, and that was uh, that was a battle point. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar had before this verse now. Uh, now in this, he came up here in the third year. All right, when he came against Jerusalem here in verse twenty-four and Second King twenty-four-one, all Nebuchadnezzar did was to capture uh, some uh, uh, choice Jews and take them back to Jerusalem. 
Is this the first time? And That's the first time that he came. 24-1 is the first time. Yeah, 24-1 is his first, uh, his first uh, attack against Jerusalem. All right? Uh, when, when he came, he went back, he got word. Now, this is according to uh, Herodotus and Berosus, uh men who wrote the history of Babylon and, uh, uh, and, and ancient history. They, they tell us that uh, Nebuchadnezzar's father was old. He didn't want to make this journey, so he sent Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was not actually king, although uh, 24.1 says he came King Nebuchadnezzar. He came as king. He came uh, with the full authority of king, but he had not been made king yet because we read later in the Bible uh, that... Uh, that he came up to this city, this uh, fortified uh, stronghold of Carchemish, uh, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim and the first year of Nebuchadnezzar. So one year later, he goes up against Carchemish uh, and and wins. He fights the Egyptians. Now. Uh, the last days of Josiah, in fact, the way that Josiah got killed, the Egyptians, the Egyptian king had come in, uh, had come into Palestine. He wanted to permission to travel on through in peace to this place of Carchemish. But Josiah, for some reason that's not explained or not, uh, not even a hint given as to why, he opposed, he went out and opposed the Egyptians. Of course, at that time, they were friends, an ally to the Assyrians uh, from Nineveh, you see. Well, he went out and tried to, uh, with his army, tried to stop the march of Pharaoh Necho. And his name is mentioned here in the Bible. And uh, but instead of stopping Pharaoh, uh, he was uh, killed in battle. And uh, then Pharaoh Necho uh, instituted Jehoahaz. That's in uh, 24, uh, verse 31. Uh, Jehoahaz uh, was 23 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And, uh, and then he, he was... And then verse 33 says, Pharaoh Necho put him in bands at Riblah in the land of Hamath that he might not reign in Jerusalem and put the land to tribute of a hundred talents of silver and a talent, and a talent of gold. Now that's a lot of money back before inflation. Uh, so then verse 34 says, And Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in the room of Josiah, his father, and turned his name to Jehoiakim. See, now Jehoiakim is a full uh, is a brother to Jehoiaz, the one that just reigned three months. All right, uh, and Pharaoh, uh, the Pharaoh of Egypt, carried Jehoiaz away into Egypt, and he died there. That is, that's where. In, uh, but now Jehoiakim 
this boy, you need to know something about him from uh, from what the Bible tells us. Uh, it tells us that he had a jackass's barrel. That's what the Bible. Uh, that's what the Bible says. Now, if you'll if you'll turn to Jeremiah chapter twenty-two, verse eighteen and uh, and nineteen, you'll you'll read about uh, this barrel. Jeremiah. Jeremiah twenty-two. Now, yeah, let me let me let me say this uh, about the background studies of this uh, book of Daniel. Uh, Jeremiah was a prophet that prophesied to the children of Israel from Jerusalem. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar never did capture him. Didn't want to capture him. Didn't want to injure Jeremiah. He left him to administer to the spiritual needs of the children of Israel. And Jeremiah prophesied to the different ones, the different countries, nations, Edom, Tyre, and, uh, and Babylon, Syria, and so on. All of them around the nations round about. And he told what was coming to pass. He foretold what was going to happen. He told about the capture that Nebuchadnezzar was going to capture uh, before he ever came the first time. He told them that they'd be carried down into uh, into Babylon. He told them that they would stay there 70 years. And then he said, God would bring you back, would restore you to this land. Well, uh, and so that, and, and it's on that prophecy that uh, the book of Daniel has some of its greatest battleground. Is over the 70 weeks of Daniel as it's given us in the ninth chapter, you know, the 70 cents. Now, the reason there was seven, 70 years that Daniel, that Jeremiah told him, uh, we find that from, uh, Second uh, Chronicles 36, is the children of Israel for 490 years had failed to observe the Sabbath, the seventh year Sabbath. Alright? Seven into 490 years is 70 years. So God is exacting judgment on on uh, Israel for their Sabbath, the desecration of the Sabbath, observance of the land. Every seven years, the land was supposed to rest. You see, all right. But uh, but now let's look at uh, Jeremiah twenty-two with reference to uh, uh, verse eighteen. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, they shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, my brother. Or, ah, sister, they shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, Lord, or Ah, his glory. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass, drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. Now, now that, that's what that's how the Bible tells us uh, that, that he died. All right, now, why was he given that burial, that type? All right, in Jeremiah 36, uh, you will find uh, something about this man Jehoiakim. In uh, and it came to pass, verse twenty-three, Jeremiah thirty-six twenty-three, and it came to pass that when Jehuda had read uh, three or four leaves, he cut it with a penknife and cast it into the fire. That was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed 
in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor his servants that heard all these words. Now what had he done? Jehoiakim had, uh, Jeremiah had written, dictated this prophecy against Jehoiakim, and it was, uh, Baruch had written it down, and uh, he sent it to Jehoiakim, and Jehoiakim read it, and he took a knife and cut up the Word of God, God's Word, the Word that God gave Jeremiah. After it was over, God, uh, Jeremiah gave, dictated uh, this prophecy to uh, Baruch again, and he wrote it down. All right, look at verse 26. You'll find that uh, Jehoiakim wanted to murder uh, Je- uh, Jeremiah, the prophet. Uh, and the king commanded, and uh, he got all these names, these different men, to take Baruch, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet. But the Lord hid them. Command to take them. To take them how? Not take them a-riding, not on a vacation, but uh, to stone them, to put them to death. That's what it means. All right, so, now when when the Bible says... Uh, that uh, Nebuchadnezzar came up against Jerusalem in the third year of Jehoiakim, while all Nebuchadnezzar had to do was just to make his appearance there. Jehoiakim was helpless. He offered no resistance whatsoever. And Nebuchadnezzar took the captives that he wanted and went back uh, to uh, uh, Babylon. The next year, uh, he, in the meantime, when he came back, his father, according to the profane history, made him king in his stead because he was too old, and then he died shortly. And then the next thing we find in the Bible about uh, Nebuchadnezzar is he's uh, up at Carchemish uh, winning the war against Egypt. And uh, Jeremiah says it was in the fourth year of Jehoiakim's reign and the first year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. All right, now Daniel 2 1 starts out by saying the second year, uh, in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar, see, and in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. All right, now <clears throat> what, what I wanted to uh, to see here is that there was the the, the, uh, the critics say that that he didn't come against Jerusalem in the days of Jehoiakim. Well, the Bible uh, and the, and they object because he wasn't king, but the Bible calls him king uh, because he came in that capacity. He exercised the authority of king. All right. Now now look at twenty. Uh, look at. Uh, Second uh, Kings 24 and uh, uh, about the, I believe it's about the 10th verse. Uh, well, <clears throat> all right, let's, let's get Jehoiakim dead now. <laughs> verse 6, Jehoiakim slept with his fathers. Now you see, Second Kings is very gracious. 
You see, when people write obituaries of people, they don't mention uh, much of their bad things, even even wicked people, do they? See, it says, now Jehoiakim slept with his fathers. You wouldn't know he was given a jackass's burial there, would you? See? But it just simply says that he slept with his father. All right. And his son, Jehoiachin, reigned in his stead. See? And the king of Egypt came not again anymore out of his land. For the king of Babylon had taken from the river of Egypt unto the river Euphrates all that pertained to the king of Egypt. All right. Now that shows you that Nebuchadnezzar had already, that at the battle of Carchemish, had defeated Egypt and Egypt from this from that day until this hasn't been a power that was strong enough to to uh, be a threat for world dictatorship. They have been they haven't been a major uh, power because God said they wouldn't be. And today all of this uh, the uh, hullabaloo about uh, begging. And about Sadat, why, it's all politics. Uh, Sadat hadn't got a leg to stand on. He can't, uh, the, uh, his people, his nation is almost a bankrupt nation. He couldn't fight, he couldn't stand, and the other people know it. All he's got is a great multitude of people. He's got the manpower. That's what the other nations want. He's got the strategic location. He's got the River Nile. He's got the uh, Mediterranean Sea there, Cairo, see? All right? Uh, Saudi Arabia needs an outlet to the Mediterranean Sea. Russia's wanting the Mediterranean Sea. Iran, the Shah of Iran now, you see. They're, uh, oh, they're opposing Israel and all of that. But, and they, they bribed, just the other day, they bribed $50 billion, offered $50 billion to Sadat if he would just, if he had, uh, wouldn't sign the peace treaty if he'd cooperate with them. Renounce Egypt, uh, renounce Israel. See, turn their back on Israel again. Why they need they need Egypt's uh, outlet, see, to the sea. And of course, Egypt needs their oil, and so does these other nations. But now, all right. Uh, but now, in the days of Jehoiakim, now notice verse eight. Jehoiakim was. Eighteen years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months, and his mother's name was Nehusta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. At that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. You see, now there's your second time. Time. That's the second time that uh, Nebuchadnezzar comes against uh, Jerusalem. All right. Then uh, uh, verse eleven uh, and twelve uh, tells about it. See, uh, gives more. And uh, verse fifteen says, "And he carried away Jehoiakim to Babylon and the king's mother, and so on." All right. Now, in other words, that tells you about him taking men and also taking uh, go uh, the valuables, the um, Gold, silver, uh, anything of value that, that he wanted, he took it and carried it and put it in the treasure, his treasure house uh, in Babylon. All right, when that happened, uh, <clears throat> Zedekiah, now notice, look at verse 17. 
And the king of Babylon made Mataniah, his father's brother, king in his stead, and changed his name to Zedekiah. See, all right, now Zedekiah is a full brother to uh, Jehoiaz and to Jehoiakim. He's an uncle of Jehoiachin, see. Jehoiachin was Jehoiakim's son. Now, uh, now notice this. And it, came, uh, and it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came, he and all of his host, against Jerusalem, and pitched against it, and they built forts against it, round about. Now, why was that necessary? Because, Je- all right, now I was, I read those last, uh, few verses was from the 25th chapter. All right, now, uh, in, uh, in chapter 24, verse 1, it says that uh, Jehoiakim uh, agreed, you see, he was, uh, uh, he was already in cahoots. He was installed as king by the Egyptians. See, this shows you that Israel uh, was uh, was powerless because of their sins. God has already bringing judgment upon them. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't administer, protect, or defend themselves anymore, any longer. And God was getting ready to uh, to bring judgment upon them. And uh, he used Egypt, and he'd used Babylon, he'd used Assyria uh, to execute his judgment against Israel for their idolatry. All right. <clears throat> Uh, there were a lot of people that wanted Jehoiakim to uh, maintain his loyalty, loyalty with Egypt. And yet he saw that it was better. He saw that Babylon was stronger than Egypt, so he, uh, he visited Babylon. He, uh, uh, while he was king, uh, he went down to see Nebuchadnezzar, and he signed agreement with Nebuchadnezzar for three years now. That was after Nebuchadnezzar now had come and taking Daniel and the three Hebrew children and many more into Babylon. He came down and said, Now, I'll, I'll cooperate with you. Uh, whatever you, uh, whatever taxes you want, I'll pay. All right. But after three years, he rebelled. And that's why Nebuchadnezzar came back the second time. He was coming back ready to, and they had him uh, ready to take him prisoner back to Babylon. But in the meantime, he either died or somebody murdered him while he was being captured. And, uh, and then that's when Jeremiah, how Jeremiah describes his death. All right. So, all right. He uh, he returns to uh, to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar returns a second time, and then. When Jehoiakim, he carried Jehoiakim a prisoner with him. And at the same time, before he left, he installed Zedekiah as a king of the Jews. See, he was leaving the Jews. Uh, all he wanted was able-bodied workers, men who could help build Babylon. A sick man, an old man, while well, he'd leave them in, uh, in Jerusalem. And he appointed a governor. Uh, the last time after uh, this third trip, when he came back up against uh, Zedekiah now, he appointed him uh, king, and Zedekiah went against uh, 
Nebuchadnezzar failed to to pay. So Nebuchadnezzar comes back this third time, besieges the city, and this time he sets fire to the temple, to David's palace, the king's house, and every house uh, that uh, had any value, exceptional value to it, uh, Nebuchadnezzar burned it to the ground. That was this, this third trip and left it in heaps. Yet, he left Jews in Palestine. He pointed a man by the name of Gedaliah. As, uh, if you'll notice in, uh, 2 Kings, uh, 25, 22. And as for the people that remained in the land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had left, even over them he made Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, the son of Shapnan, ruler. See, he pointed them a ruler. He pointed authority. They were still, uh, they were subjects to, uh, to Nebuchadnezzar. But Nebuchadnezzar wanted peace. All he wanted was the territory, access to the territory. All he wanted was uh, their money, their gold, anything that had helped uh, build up the splendor of Babylon, you see, his kingdom. He, he tore down the temple. Oh, yeah. This third time, he tore it down. He burned it to the ground. Yeah, yeah, he burned it. Uh, well, it tells you. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, at verse 9, you know, 25, chapter 29. And he burnt the house of the Lord. That's the temple, see. And the king's house. And all the houses of Jerusalem. And every great man's house burnt he with fire. And all the army of the Chaldees that were with the captain of the guard break down the walls of Jerusalem round about. Boy, they just, uh, you see, the walls was a guard. It was a fortress. It fortified the ancient cities. The walls did. They had on them lookouts, you know, towers by which they'd give warning when an enemy approached and so Well, they just tore all of that down. Now, you see, uh, when we get into the book of Daniel, you'll find where uh, God, how God even uh, carried out his prophecy. See, he prophesied by Isaiah uh, that uh, he would rebuild Jerusalem. See, and uh, you, you find how that there were, just as there were three attacks of Nebuchadnezzar against Jerusalem, when Cyrus came to power, when they overthrew uh, Babylon, that uh, Cyrus, the policy of the Persians was just the opposite of the Assyrians and the Egyptians and the Babylonians. The Egyptians, Babylonians, and Syrians, when they'd capture a nation, they'd take their people and bring them as slaves. Well, the Persians, when they captured people, all they, they stripped them of their power, of their wealth, but left them in the land because they didn't want to support them. And uh, so Cyrus, immediately, the first year that he came to power, he issued a decree for the children of Israel. He said, now, I want you boys to get all you Jews to get out of here. He gave them permission to go back. All right? You have them going back to Jerusalem in three three different times. Under Ezra, Nehemiah, see, uh, and the first time the, that Ezra carried a group, 
uh, the last time Nehemiah rebuilt the walls. And uh, so, from, and that's important to remember uh, about these three trips and the commands of Cyrus and of Artaxerxes uh, with reference to rebuilding Jerusalem, building the temple, and then building the walls as in troublous times. Now, it was one thing to build the temple. It tells you how the temple was built, you know. And uh, you remember that when they did go back, they had trouble with Sanballat and all of the governors, all right. Well, and yet the Jews had authority from from Cyrus, from the Medes and the Persians, to rebuild this temple. And not only that, but they were helping build it financially, build the temple. And yet here they were, they came and stopped the building of the temple for some 15, 20 years. Uh, slowed the process, made them go back and forth and hunt for records to get the authority to, uh, so they could uh, go ahead about building the temple. All right, now then, the result, that was the result of uh, leaving the poor Jews in Palestine, bringing in Assyrians and Babylonians, foreigners, to mix with the Jews. And that's what produced the Samaritans. And that's the background of the Samaritans. Now, in the meantime, there you'll find uh, uh, four nations referred to uh, over and over again in the Bible that never ha- never was wiped out. It, uh, they, uh, Joshua and all of the men failed to do what God told them to do. When God told them to destroy and wipe out the Philistines, they didn't do it. They saved some. When he told them about the Edomites, they left some. And, uh, and the Ammonites and the Moabites. These nations was right in Palestine. They were little groups that held their own power. They uh, mostly crossed the, uh, the Jordan. They were over in Perea, you see. But, uh, but the Philistines were down on the coast, the Mediterranean coast. The Gaza Strip. You see, that's what all of this, uh, the difficulties between Sadat and Vega now. Sadat wants this Gaza Strip to be turned over uh, to an independent nation to have to be, uh, let the Arabs have it, you see. And, uh, and the Jews, Begin don't, uh, don't want to do that. Well, uh, at the time, now, at this time, with reference to uh, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, Pharaoh Necho. Now, when Pharaoh Necho went back to Egypt, many Jews went with him. See, the Jews that were loyal to Egypt, instead of going to uh, instead of going to uh, uh, Babylon, they were afraid of Babylon. They were afraid that Nebuchadnezzar was going to kill them. He did kill a lot of a lot of them. The ones that resisted, he killed. Well, Jeremiah told him, he said, now if you resist, you'll die. He says, why will you die? He says, you go on. You be subject to, uh, to Babylon. Told them, told them to go on, behave themselves, and not give any trouble whatsoever. But the ones that uh, refused to do that, Nebuchadnezzar took them out and had a public slaying of them. Just a wholesale mass murder. But uh, and then those that were left that, Neb- that Nebuchadnezzar didn't want, he sent them down to Babylon. Uh, I mean, they went down to Egypt. 
Now this is uh, uh, necessary, and yet it, I know it's not no, seem to be uh, for uh, for the for the Septuagint. You see, all of these Jews now that here's when they're going to Egypt. They went down into Egypt. They were well received in Egypt, and uh, and it, uh, Jeremiah was taken to Egypt, and he prophesied, and he was their spiritual leader in Egypt, and it was in Egypt that the Jews they they were very religious. They understood that they they were the most faithful Jews religiously uh, on the face of the earth at the time. And they wanted the scriptures, but but uh, as we'll see in the book of Daniel, after uh, Alexander the Great came into power, he made the Greek language the language of Babylon, of Nineveh, of Palestine, of Egypt, and so these Jews that were down in Egypt, why well, they, they couldn't speak Hebrew anymore. They couldn't read Hebrew. A lot of them that was born after this, they they were born under uh, under the Grecian influence. That uh, that the that uh, they had to have a Bible uh, that they could read in Greek, and that's why they published the Septuagint version, and that was done in 275 A.D. You see, uh, 332 is when Alexander the Great uh, uh, exercised his power over the world, and they published this Bible in 275. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.